that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people, and I've played some, too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here. On the Spudcast podcast, while I'm talking out my ass with Dr. Tim Peterson, who is the uh, head doctor, blood letter, vampire guy at the blood center. And uh, they're shorthanded. Well, they're short of people, but they're especially short of blood, like they always are. But we'll find out more in the interview. Man, they need like 400 pints a day to feel okay. So uh, you ready to donate? Because it's not that hard. Dr. Tim Peterson, right after this. Getting older and feeling your age, low energy, no motivation, putting on the pounds. Maybe age isn't the culprit. Maybe the sad truth is you have low testosterone. Well, don't sit around and mope. Go to the Mope Clinic at the Men's Optimal Performance Enhancement Clinic. Chris Rue will do more than just fling a blue pill at you. With proper testing, diagnosis, and testosterone replacement therapy, you'll be on your way to becoming your old self again. Or better yet, your new self again. Go to mopeclinic.com, M-O-P-E clinic.com, or call 504-322-3888 to start your journey to a better, stronger, healthier you. Bud here. Do your breakers keep breaking? Do you see a spark when you plug in your hairdryer? If you do, I want you to remember one thing. 947-3392. That's Eugene Lawrence's number at E1 Electric. Let's face it, you don't know nothing about electricity, but Eugene does. A licensed and insured electrical contractor, over 25 years experience, him and his crew can do anything for you, from hanging a ceiling fan to rewiring an apartment complex. So before you hear this, you better hear this. Thanks for calling E1 Electric. How can we help you? E1 Electric, 504-947-3392. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie, sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to Rapid Urgent care.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you okay so we're talking to dr tim peterson who is like the uh what do you like the head vampire over there man you got a cape over there at the blood center what's the deal yeah it seems to be that way but i'm medical director for the blood center here in new orleans i'm also at east jefferson hospital at their blood center and i'm medical director of the blood bank at tulane and i also cover the blood center in shreveport so I cover a whole bunch of the states. That's, that's a heck of a drive, man. Do you actually like drive back and forth? Do you catch a La Bamba plane up there, or what's the deal? Luckily, uh, most of it can be handled remotely. So things have been working well for the last three, four years with both blood centers. That's really cool. works well. well. How many different blood centers are there in the state of Louisiana? Wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further than that, exactly how far? Okay, you handled Shreveport as well as the others you just mentioned. But, like, okay, I, mean, I go donate blood. It's either at a blood bank, uh, the blood mobile over there in front of the, uh, the mystery mansion over there, or, or just show up at the place in Metairie. How many different places do you go collect blood, and how far do you distribute it? Well, the blood center, which is the name of our regional blood bank here in New Orleans, we cover from just south of Baton Rouge down to Lafayette, all the way over to Pascagoula, Mississippi, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. That entails about 35 to 40 hospitals 
and numerous long-term care facilities, one-day surgery centers, pretty much any place that requires blood or blood components, we supply in that region. That's a lot. Uh, well, that's that's how really works. All blood centers in the United States are nonprofit community service organizations. They receive no funding. Um, and uh, we're here to provide a service for the community and to make sure that, that safe and adequate blood supply is available to the patients who need it. Yeah, cool. Well, that's a good gig. I don't know if I could do that gig. I mean, I don't hardly get to donate blood anymore. I got diabetes and I take aspirin and all kinds of other such. So every time I show up, you go, you took aspirin the last 24 hours? Yeah. All right. Well, you can no still donate t-shirt. with aspirin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I take those little 81 milligrams. Yeah, you can donate on that. We just wouldn't make platelet donation out of that. We, but your red blood cells, if your diabetes is well-controlled, people with diabetes uh, can donate blood as long as it's well-controlled and they're feeling fine. What does well-controlled mean? In other words, you're keeping it in a range your doctor would like you to have it under. Oh, and well, you I'm there. Have... I mean, but I'm on two different yeah. kinds of insulin, but I'm I'm within the range. He's as actually he's reducing my insulin intake, not the number. That's of... excellent. Yeah, well, I, that's I mean, because you're getting yourself in shape. Well, I'm getting there. You know, the thing about it is, and a lot of people, and I want to get into this too much, but it's like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to lose weight because everybody, oh, lose a hundred pounds. Oh, sure, I'll just I'll eat a couple of bananas and boom, you know, a hundred pounds are gonna go. It's hard to lose weight when you take a lot of insulin. And so since they've been reducing my insulin, I have been able to lose weight, not at the weight, the rate that I want to, but I went from like 12 units per meal on a sliding scale, starting at 12 units down to eight and sometimes six. And then a daily dose that I do down from 40 to 32 units. So I'm, I'm getting there bit by bit, but it's, you know. It's one of those, and it snuck up on me, too. It's like, I, you know, I, I used to get my blood tested every couple of years, and I didn't have yeah. it, and I didn't have diabetes, I didn't have it. And all of a sudden, my heart doctor, my wife made me go to a heart doctor, and he said, well, ain't nothing wrong with your heart, but you got diabetes. I'm like, God damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the silent killer is, is not killing me just this just this second. And um, more than likely, you would be eligible, but you'd probably be in good shape. Well, I have donated platelets, too. I mean, that's, oh. a, that's two, three hours right there. It's just laying there, getting it taken out and put back in. But, you know, it's, what can I say, man? Y'all called me up. They had some, a kid with cancer real bad and you needed platelets. And I said, all right, I'll give you a Saturday morning. And there it is, you know. It's not that big a deal. Plus, you got cookies and, and grape juice. <laughs> the lovely cookies and juice, of course. <laughs> yeah, who donates that, man? Who goes around and, since it's a donation thing, who goes around going, ah, I need some cookies and grape Kool-Aid or something like that? Um, well... Luckily, the donors in our region are wonderful, and they always respond. Well, that's cool. All right, let's get into it. Uh, now, sure. first off, what the hell kind of term is phlebotomist? You know, why don't you call it a blood letter or something like that? Where does phlebotomy come from? Uh, well, phlebe, uh, essentially meaning vessel or blood, um, and it's someone who collects blood or Phlebe's blood samples. Phlebe's the Latin uh, word? Probably. Look, I didn't take Latin in high school and <laughs> it's not taught in med school anymore. But uh, it's just it's it's the people who are trained either to collect samples for blood or to collect blood donations. And there is there's a little difference between how they are collected to do mm-hmm. blood donations. We train all of our blood donors, blood don- donation staff. They um, they train with us. Many of them do have phlebotomy degrees and have trained 
to collect samples, but it is a little bit different when you're using a, a very large gauge needle, which is necessary so the blood flows and doesn't clot in the tubing, to be able to collect it in a timely manner. And that's usually five to 15 minutes at the most to collect for whole blood donation. Yeah. yeah, for whole blood donation. Because when I did the platelets, when they, when you do the platelets, how much blood do they take out of you? Because I know they bring it over and they put it in this machine that shakes it back and forth, and you end up with this, pardon the term, but it's a bag that looks like pee. But, it, you know, <laughs> that's, the, that's the platelets and plasma or whatever, and then they put the cells back into you. Exactly. Uh, platelet donations are done on a machine that's called an apheresis machine. That's a Greek term that means to separate. And... We withdraw about a third of a pint of whole blood continuously. It's centrifuge. It's just a very large centrifuge. And we retain platelets, which are, of course are used to help in clotting and prevent excessive bleeding in patients. But it also retains some plasma, which is necessary to keep the platelets at their optimum happiness in the bag before they're used to the for transfusion. Mm -hmm. So what you, the color you see is the straw colored clear plasma that's meant to keep the platelets happy while they're in storage. And uh, so about a third of a pint is out of the body at any given time, much less than the approximately one pint or 500 milliliters of whole blood that you give during a whole blood donation. So my patients do quite well with it. They do get a little bit of fluid back during the procedure. And most platelet donations now take about an hour and 20 minutes to collect platelets. And that yeah. one platelet donation is really enough for one patient to be treated for a day. It's uh, where it, it might take five or six platelets that are derived from individual whole blood donors to be pooled. Uh, family members or friends or just anyone who wants to help a patient, they can come in and do apheresis platelets and provide enough for essentially one or more days of platelet replacement. It's really amazing. really helps the families get involved in the treatment. Yeah. I mean, you always hear about blood drives for a certain person that was like in Iraq or things like that. Or just, yeah. you know, like, hey, you want to go into the gun show for free? Donate some blood or something like that. Why don't you do platelet? <laughs> Well, I mean, of course, you said it's an hour and 15 minutes. It's about 10 minutes to collect a pint of blood. But, uh, you know, why uh, get in? Get, hey, you know what? You get into the gun show for free if you donate some platelets. I mean, what what is more what's more important to you, like, on an emergency basis? I guess it's blood, huh, instead of just the platelets. It really depends on the situation. Um, blood donations are always needed because you never know what is coming, and it's the blood that's available on the shelf today that is ready for the patient who has an injury or really rapid need tonight or tomorrow. Platelets are very, very uh, necessary and, and always in tough supply because they're only good for five days after collection, whereas whole blood, when it's separated into red blood cells, can last up to 42 days in the shelf on the refrigerator. Now, most of them never last that long. The usage is very high. However, platelets really only have about five days to be functional. So there's a constant supply required, which is actually really good because it means that people are out there, they're getting surgeries that need to be done, they're having chemotherapy, bone marrow, and organ transplants, and all of those require large amounts of platelets. But it's good that we have the need for them because that means patients in our region are being treated and are being helped and saved. And again, it's all due to the generosity of the donors in our region. 
Uh, all of our donors are special. Uh, platelet donors, very, very, very special breed. And most of them can donate the maximum, which is 24 times a year. So about every two weeks, they come in and donate platelets. And they never miss. They are a very dedicated and very altruistic group of people. Does it matter what kind of blood type you have when it comes to the platelets? Um, not really. Uh, we, we, you know, we do, of course, type it as per ABO and RH positive or negative. But when it comes down to use of that at the hospital, there is some leeway that the physicians and blood bankers and pathologists at the hospital have uh, to use for different types for different patients. And there are things we can do to if there seems to be an incompatibility. But generally, there's not much problem with using platelets. And, and when you're talking about incompatibility, too, I mean, it's like, for instance, if somebody has got a schedule, they want to schedule a surgery, and they're going to require a certain type of blood or or a certain amount of platelets. I mean, they call up. We got to do the we got to do the surgery, but they ain't got enough, so they're going to postpone it until they have enough platelets. Or you're going to start calling all over the country and have people send stuff to you. you know? Actually, both can happen. Generally, we'll recruit donors. Donors are wonderful and usually show up uh, if need be. We will, of course, contact other blood centers in the area in the region, if not the entire country, to try to find compatible units that are necessary, uh, especially when it comes to rare donors. Uh, that can be very difficult to find. And uh, unfortunately, like occurred many times during the pandemic, where donors just could not get out to donate, or there was very few places to collect, mm -hmm. that um, there have been postponing or cancellations of some surgical procedures and again, that's our job to make sure that doesn't happen. But of course, yeah. you never know when things can happen. That's why they got they that. That's why they got it. that bumper sticker. Doc, shit happens. What you gonna do? <laughs> All right, don't go nowhere. We're gonna step away for a second, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about blood. We're gonna talk about different types of blood. Why is the O? Why is O the general or the the universal donor and things like that? I my kids and I have the same type of blood. My wife has a completely different type of blood. Why can't cancer people donate blood? All of that stuff with Dr. Tim Peterson. He is uh, he's the head vampire at the uh, blood center. Uh, and uh, if you feel like donating, or even if you don't feel like donating, you should do it anyway. And we'll get more information about how you can sign up to do that right here on the Spudcast, talking out my ass right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake, or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market, or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? 
I got an idea, go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids and don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. And we're back talking to Dr. Tim Peterson from, uh, from the Blood Bank. The, uh, why y'all call it center? How come you don't call it the blood bank? Can you make more jokes that way? <laughs> you know, I mean, well, hospitals have blood banks ah, okay. um, where they store the blood for use as patient. Blood centers collect it. And remember, our job isn't to keep it. Our job is to get it out to the public. So we're the center of distribution and we supply the blood. So it's generic, but the blood center works great. So, so when, when somebody shows up at whatever blood center you have, I mean, you're at East Jefferson, but they, the blood center out in Metairie is the one I go to, it doesn't yep. say there. Once you, once you juice me, then it's, uh, it's into, what, a, a Coleman ice chest and out the door, or y'all have moved up to Yetis? <laughs> yeah, all the blood is collected. Everything is sent to our two processing sites. We have one here on the South Shore on Canal Street and then one located on North Shore in Hammond. So we have redundancies in processing of the units. When the pints are collected and shipped, they then get separated into what we call components, predominantly red blood cells, the oxygen carrying portion of blood, platelets, which I like to tell people, platelets kind of are like the bricks and plasma, fresh frozen plasma, the liquid portion of blood, that's like the mortar and you put the bricks and mortar together and they plug up holes well, that's what happens with platelets and plasma. Clotting factors in the plasma work with platelets in conjunction to prevent excessive bleeding or just take care of any small little blood vessel breaks that may, that may occur. We use platelets and plasma every day, every time we move, if we scratch or clap our hands, little blood vessels break, but our body takes care of that. Uh, so those are the three main components that we produce from someone's donation. I know that my sister, when she, she was going to college, she told me how she would go and sell her plasma. I don't know who she went to, but there wasn't a platelet. Yep. She made a point about saying plasma. So when we're talking yes. about collecting blood and platelets, you can also go and donate your plasma? That's a very different uh, collection process. Those are separate from volunteer blood donor centers. All of our products are directly used for transfusion to patients and they are volunteer. The separate plasma industry is a compensated plasma industry. They have to meet very, very strict criteria to become eligible to be a plasma donor and they are compensated for their time. They're able to donate up to twice a week uh, and those products are made into what we call derivatives, which are manufactured products that are mostly used for the prevention of clotting disorders such as hemophilia treatments or patients who may have uh, been exposed to hepatitis b so we might have hepatitis b immune globulin we also make rogam from uh that's volunteer to make your hair stop falling out is that what that is no that's rogam oh yeah okay <laughs> and it was one rogam, of them yeah rogam prevents helps prevent women who are rh negative and they may have an rh positive child prevents them from getting uh, making antibodies to the baby's blood that's you know, different than theirs and that's what i wanted to talk what, what's the difference between negative and positive my wife is o positive and i am b negative and all three of my kids oh, are b negative i need b negative okay 
Well, let's tell you different. I, 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 won't um, take, I won't take some aspirin for the next few days. Yeah, no, you can take your aspirin. It doesn't the affect your red blood cells yeah. at all. Take the it doesn't affect ones. it okay. at all. Um, you know, when we talk about blood types, what most people refer to is the ABO and the RH system. Now, there are about 30 other blood type and blood groups that are important in transfusion medicine, which is what I practice. But the main ones people hear about are their ABO type and their RH positive or negative. Um, in the ABO system, whether you are type A, B, AB, or type O, depends on what sugars you have present on the surface of your red blood cells. And essentially, you make a naturally occurring antibody for sugars that are missing from your red blood cells. So you're, an, you're a B. You make anti a antibodies your body hasn't seen a red cells but these are usually produced uh they're we believe they're cross-reactive antibodies to intestinal flora so they're constantly making these anti-a type antibodies that if you were to be transfused with an a red cell you would immediately have a major reaction and could go into kidney failure and die well i don't need so, that Thank you. So people who are type A make anti-B antibodies. People who are type B make anti-A antibodies. If you're type O, such as I am, I make both, I make actually three antibodies, anti-A, anti-B, and a third different antibody that has a unique name, anti-AB. But there are three unique antibodies at type O, and that's why type O people should receive, need to receive type O red blood cells. What, what's the difference of positive or negative, though? That's a different blood group. That's that's the RH blood group. It got that name because it was an antibody derived from rhesus monkeys. Now, I remember that, that from would, the eighth grade. Yeah, the rhesus monkeys. Yeah, uh, now it's that, that really wasn't the antibody, but the name stuck. Yeah. So um, we use the term RH, and that is another protein or antigen as we call it that's a different blood group it consists of five major proteins that can be on a red blood cell but what determines whether you're rh positive or rh negative is the next letter in the alphabet and that would be the letter d or a capital d if you are rh positive you have the d antigen or the d protein on your red blood cells if you're rh negative You've inherited a negative gene from each parent. You do not have the genetic capability of producing that protein on the red blood cell, and you are Rh negative. Uh, about 85% of the world is Rh positive, and only 15% is Rh negative. Hmm. So it's right there. It makes it a little uh, difficult to maintain Rh negative components. But we do our best because it's best if Rh negative people receive RH negative components. There are instances when we can give somebody, and I do it frequently because we have to, because of shortages, uh, certain patients are able to receive RH positive blood components if they're RH negative. Um, and they can do that for a short period, but once they start to make an antibody against RH positive cells because they've never had exposure to it, to them it's it's foreign as as foreign as a virus or a yeah. bacteria would be. 
once we detect an antibody, then for the rest of their life, they have to get Rh negative for red blood cells, or they could have a serious reaction. Now, so now, there's some leeway in there. Well, but yeah, a little bit of leeway. You know, but uh, I don't know how far back this was. I remember listening to it on like old TV movies, like, oh, we're going to get married, so we got to go get blood tests. And I'm assuming that's to figure out whether you're positive or negative. What, what difference? I mean, what were they going to say? Oh, you can't get married. It doesn't require anymore. Yeah, yeah all those that. were dropped. Yeah. Was, if you look back in the old films, a lot of that was not only for, not so much for blood typing, but it was really uh, syphilis testing, <laughs> believe oh, it or really? not. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, was, there usually was a syphilis test that was required to be done prior but of yeah, course it, everything's been dropped just have, a, just have a short arm inspection and go uh-oh <laughs> you ain't marrying this dude forget that uh, yeah. yeah that might have been one way but no that's no longer required okay um all right well i guess i'll try to convince my son doesn't work tomorrow he does have class maybe we'll wander over there tomorrow afternoon and give you a couple of punts but he's gonna want some cookies uh, we got cookies and the wonderful T-shirts also. <laughs> well, you, don't need, you don't have T-shirts big enough to fit us. but That's, that's all right. Somebody will take them. Yeah. What? Somebody will use them. Yeah, just, yeah, I'll just leave them there. Well, we'll just take the cookies. Um, so how many – When so, I'm, I'm assuming that most of the blood goes to like emergency rooms and scheduled surgeries and things like that. I mean, how much blood – okay, you, you're at East Jefferson. Well, I'm, I'm at the blood center. Yeah, you're at the blood center, but you supply East Jefferson. You supply, what, 34 they, hospitals? East Jefferson collects most of their own, uh, but we do at the blood center, we do supply about 35 hospitals in the region. How many pints of blood on an average, regardless of the kind of yeah. orange, how many pints of blood do you guys need a day so that you, Dr. Tim, aren't freaking Feel comfortable. out? Yeah, so yeah. That you're in good shape going, yeah, I can sleep tonight. We're all right. When when everything is running normally, if that's a term that we can use anymore, um, our hospitals usually require about three to 400 pints of or units of red blood cells a day just to maintain basic inventory and for usage. So they always want to have some on the shelf, and then they will use it, and what they usually replace of course, for the no, wait, last... Wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure I'm hearing you right. It's like 300 per hospital or 300 no, for the 34 hospitals? About about three to 400 is the minimum we like to collect every day to maintain adequate inventory for okay. all of our hospitals. Okay. But remember, they have blood on the shelf already because we've been supplying that every day, and the usage goes up and down at each facility, so they're not using 300 a day. But generally in our region, about... Three to four hundred or more units a day are used during, again, regular uh, hospital usage when times aren't pandemic. Okay. Now, last question because I'm, I'm I'm frankly sure. a little overtime. You mentioned to me before you know, we started recording this about uh, a bunch of the military used to donate quite a bit, but they 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 cut it out because of some mad cow stuff in Europe and things like that. But that's about to go away. So first off, you're gonna be able to get the military in. Why, what, like, what can't you collect? Why does somebody who had cancer but is now cured of it, why can't they donate blood? They actually can, but the only restrictions on that is if somebody has hematologic malignancies, malignancies such as leukemia, lymphoma, multiple myeloma, a blood-related cancer. When did that change? Because I know somebody who's who's tried to donate blood who is like an O-positive and uh, as soon as they say cancer, 
even though this person's cancer mm-hmm. was a was a, a skin cancer, it was yeah. cured. It was cured completely with surgery. Was no chemo or anything. Strictly yeah. by surgery, but they still won't take the blood. Well, I've been at the blood center for twenty five years, and at least twenty four of those years, generally, if someone has a soft tissue tumor or skin cancers or most malignancies that aren't hematologic related, not a blood cancer. Generally, it's one year after the completion of their last treatment, whether it's surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. Mm -hmm. If they're cancer-free for one year after the last treatment, uh, and of course, there are no other underlying problems that might be associated with whatever the treatments yeah. caused, then they can generally donate. They don't have a problem. So tell that to your breast, folks. Tell you that to your folks in the blood mobile. Oh, right? they know it. Trust me. Remember, there are other places that collect in a region, and the FDA does allow medical directors of a blood center to be more stringent with their collection. Right. But I'm very conservative with it. But we've always allowed cancer. Our, our previous cancer donors are very, very motivated to help because most of them have received help themselves. True. So if they have any questions, they can call us at the blood center. Yeah. How do people one. find you? Sure. The best way is they can go to the website, thebloodcenter.org, uh, find our locations, our times. They can do a lot of things online that will make it very easier, quicker to donate blood. Or they can call us at our number, 1-800-86-BLOOD, and answer any questions they have. Uh, They can submit questions online, we can answer them for them, and we're always available to ask any questions they have, or speak to any any group, any community group, school, anywhere. I speak to everybody. You know, yeah. I'm a blood. I'll tell you, I'll get Cassandra Peterson to show up over here in a Vampirella outfit, <laughs> and it'll be a good Hey, one. wait, that's my sister. Hey, yeah. Tim, thanks for it, man. I appreciate really you taking appreciate the time. You. So let's get, let's see if we can get 100 pints just off of this. All Thank right, you. folks, uh, wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222, and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the home team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps. The list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Okay, Dr. Tim Peterson, Blood Center. He ain't really a vampire, but I bet you he has a cape someplace. Anyway, I appreciate you going in me here today. Tomorrow on the Spudcast, you can find on Red Circle and Spotify and a bunch of other places. Uh, be doing my uh, Mike Bradner. Tell me what you really think. So it ought to be fun. As a matter of fact, I know it is because I've already recorded it. But you can find this uh, podcast on Red Circle and Spotify, and you can find it on Google Google Podcast and Amazon and uh, Public Radio and Stitcher. And I'm on Twitter at Spud Got That. 
And I'm on Facebook at Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell and the Big Teasy. If you would like to sponsor this podcast or if you want it emailed to you or you got an idea for a guest or an idea for a topic, all you got to do is contact me at thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Thespudcastpodcast at gmail.com. Till I hear you guys tomorrow night with uh, Tell Me What You Really Think, Spudcast here, baby. Watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.